The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Today on NFL Reacts, we're trying to help you clinch that fantasy playoff spot. The Thursday night game between the Steelers and Vikings probably got you off to a good start in your fantasy lineups. And there's some struggling quarterbacks that might have you worried. Also, Alvin Kamara is back for the New Orleans Saints. So let's get to it. I need to welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. Thursday night football, and I feel like what we really learned is that the Minnesota Vikings just refused to play normal football games. Uh, There was multiple points throughout this game where I was like, okay, it's over. The Vikings are running away with this thing. Dalvin Cook is going absolutely nuts, despite the fact that he's got two bad shoulders. And they kept letting Pittsburgh back into the game. And it wound up actually being a really fun football game. Obviously, huge fantasy performances in this game. Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook. Chase Claypool had a nice night, uh, even though he kind of lost track of the time and (laughs) decided to celebrate it an inopportune moment for the Steelers. But I I still don't think that that inevitably cost them the game. But good, good fantasy performances all around, including Ben Roethlisberger. I still don't think that like you can read that much into it, but it was a fun football game. It was. And I was actually uh, I I mean, just like terrible football all around. It was very good for fantasy purposes. Uh, You walked away with some like not so pretty points at times. Um, Even Justin Jefferson, who had a a fantastic day, he should have walked away with about seven or eight touchdowns in this outing and just didn't connect on those. So I think if anything, uh, we can say both of these defenses are not good uh, neither of these teams, I actually, I, I don't think either of these teams are very good. Uh, it was kind of like the blind leading the blind last night, but, uh, as a Steelers fan, Chase Claypool was, uh, he, he was driving me a little nuts last night. I gotta say. It was, yeah, it was funny. Cause it seemed like they just didn't know the situation. Like you practice two minute, you practice that stuff, you know, in practice every week. Um, it's kind of weird that he just like had no idea that like, Hey, 
I'm supposed to hand the ball to the referee so he can go as fast as possible. I don't know what lineman it was that ran up to him. I think it was Trey Turner literally like almost knocked the, he did knock the ball out of his hands. Like, dude, what are you doing? Yes. They were so angry with him. And then like Kendricks got in there somehow and like got in the exchange and was like, let me try to like mess up this like ball handoff. It, It was a mess at the end. Um, the, the, there's like two camps that have somehow taken this entirely too far. We have like one camp of like, how how is that guy's NFL player supposed to know situational football? How dare you accuse him of, of, of blowing that game? Which like, settle down. This is literally practiced every week. And then uh, what's his name? Who's the corner? Who's the corner on uh, ESPN who said that like? Ryan Clark. Oh my goodness, he took it like five steps too far. He said this guy's mentally underdeveloped. Like that, oh what a dude. Settle down, Jeez, settle Ryan. Down. He oh messed my. up an end game situation. He looked like a fool on Thursday night football. It is what it is. We don't have to go to like name calling. This is a. Didn't he go to like Notre Dame? Didn't Chase Claypool go to Notre Dame? This he dude did to, go to Notre Dame. He had to pass calculus as a freshman. Settle down. This this guy is not mentally underdeveloped. Yeah, I like I think if anything, this just shows you that maybe um in terms of like football IQ, Chase Claypool is not exactly up there in terms of uh understanding all of these nuances to the game. Uh not not great situational awareness, which we kind of already knew that because he wanted to play music at practice. Like uh when when asked uh what they could do better in practice, he said play music. Um, just doesn't he he just kind of seems like a space cadet a little bit despite the fact that he did go to Notre Dame but I think he's smart I think he's a tremendous athlete but it definitely needs to be more aware and he was benched for a period of time I have to wonder if he's gonna lose some more snaps to James Washington moving forward until we start to see some more awareness from him yeah we don't need to pile on chase today like he knows and they're gonna knows. does yeah. chase knows. listen to this podcast yes yes exactly okay. and so he knows that we support him and think that he's a fantastic football player but he, he's gonna he's gonna get it from his teammates I, i'm sure the steelers are gonna show that play during film sessions this he week 100 got a noogie after the game yeah and they're gonna be like what what are we doing here like Come on, you got to know the game situation. You got to know that we got to hurry. Because even I was like, okay, come on. What, what, what are we doing here? Let, well, let's go. Let's go. You got to score. You got to get a touchdown. And it, it sucks. But hey, everybody's had uh, a bad moment like that. So I, I, I don't uh, I, I don't blame Chase Claypool that much. Like the Steelers put themselves in that situation. So you can't get that mad at Chase Claypool. And so did the Vikings. It was like, what ugly football, but... Yeah, again, fun for fantasy. Oh, each quarterback had like one terrible interception. That was like, what? Whoa, where was that going, bud? Which is easily as bad uh, of a decision as Chase Claypool deciding to point for a first down. The funniest play though um, was that two point conversion where they were trying to trying to get it back down to like just a touchdown, just seven points, and uh, they were like, yeah, let's uh, tune up a four by one formation. And we'll throw an X screen and it'll go for minus two yards. And it's like, oh, you're, you just don't even try to throw it into the end. I, I, just I don't like understand. they drew it up, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
I will say as decrepit as Ben has looked at sometimes this year, he did put that football to Pat Fryermuth right on the money. And yes. Harrison Smith made a fantastic play. Pat Fryermuth is going to be a stud. I'm I'm really excited about that guy for like dynasty fantasy football because he is going to be an absolute baller. The you play be excited before... for, him for redraft fantasy football. Like it, go Pat Fryermuth. Uh Patrick, if you're listening, we support you uh wholeheartedly. Have no no negative feedback there. The play before Ben Roethlisberger threw it into double coverage on a nine route, and I have no idea how he. I don't know what he arm strength he thought he had. He was like, "It's it's two man. It's like the the damn Madden coverage." And he was like, "I'm just throwing it. Like I'm throwing I'm throwing the nine route right now." Like, whoa, Ben, settle down. It does like is some of these quarterbacks age. You're like. I'd imagine it's got to be hard to like admit to yourself, like I can't make that throw anymore. And so you just keep trying to do it and thinking like, no, if I just put a little extra on it, it'll get there. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. That was uh, that was a target to James Washington, correct? I believe so. Yeah, that is what you ask James Washington to do. Uh, you you throw the ball and you ask him to go up and snatch it out of the air. Um, which I think has been like where James Washington has made the bulk of his money. It's not like he's made money uh, on just good decisions. Generally, it's kind of like Jameis Winston YOLO ball. Oops. Yeah, it, it was a, a fun Thursday night football game. Uh, sadly for Kate, the Steelers did not pick up the win, but the Vikings continue to be must watch television each and every week. They should just be in prime time all the time. I think we've all decided that because every game that they play it is fun to watch. So fantastic Thursday night football game. But we've got a ton to get to on today's show. And we have to start with Alvin Kamara making his much anticipated return. If you're still in contention for your fantasy playoffs and you've just been trying to survive and get to this week, Alvin Kamara sets up in a very, very good matchup against the New York Jets. Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback. He's dealing with a finger injury coming off a game where he threw four interceptions. This feels like a, okay, we just got to lean on the running game. And Taysom Hill's coming off a game where he had over 100 rushing yards. Alvin Kamara's back. You know, he might not get that full workload. He's going to probably share some rushes and stuff like that. But you have to get Alvin Kamara into your lineup this week. This is what you've been hoping for. This is the situation that you've been waiting for because it's an incredible matchup. I'm excited for Alvin Kamara to return and see what the Saints can do on the ground because I don't think they can throw the football at all this week. No, I don't think they're going to be allowed uh, be allowed to do much there. Uh, but I, I think this is going to be a perfect opportunity to get Alvin Kamara going and uh, like as a side note, you have Mark Ingram, who's currently on the COVID list. Um, I don't know that he's been formally ruled out for this contest, but either way, the Jets are literally the best matchup in the NFL for opposing uh, running backs. Just can't stop touchdowns. It's touchdown or bust. And uh, it's it's always touchdown against the New York Jets, uh, leading the league in fantasy points allowed to the opposing wide or sorry, opposing running backs. Um, 384 fantasy points allowed to the, the running back position. The next worst defense is the Seattle Seahawks. They've allowed 326. That's that's 50 point difference, 50 point difference between the worst and the second worst. 
that just shows you how bad the New York Jets truly are at stopping the run. Um, they allow them to, to get you know plenty of receptions as well. But I think the interesting thing, uh, obviously, we've always had this concern about Taysom Hill, will he throw to Alvin Kamara? But does this case of mallet finger maybe think uh, make you think that he's going to have to execute some dump off passes and uh, save the finger some some juice? No. Yeah, it seems like a serious injury, right? Didn't Russell Wilson? He just he yeah. made a montage when he came <laughs> back from mallet finger after three weeks. So like you'd figure that that Taysom wouldn't be at full strength. Like this is the, Hey, if we're going to run the dang ball with Taysom Hill as a quarterback and, you know, maybe play the option a little bit and get, get, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara on the edge for some explosive plays, this would be the matchup. The other thing too, is Ty Montgomery just got put on the COVID list too. And he's, you know, that hybrid running back wide receiver. So it, they're really like scraping together, uh, depth behind Kamara in the backfield right now. Um, I really do think that this is the Kamara show and the Jets, man, when they, they I, I understand they're not going to get the number one overall pick just because of kind of like how their schedule plays out. And Detroit's gotten real unfortunate in some of these close games. There's something like nine and four against the spread now, um, despite the fact that they only have one win. The Jets are a terrible football team. They're, they're the worst football team in the league, I think. If there is any team that can lose to a quarterback, who is not a quarterback and has mallet finger, it's the New York Jets. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of questions this week about Alvin Kamara's usage in the passing game or whatever, because last season when Taysom Hill was the starter, Alvin Kamara just wasn't getting targets the way that you want Alvin Kamara to get targets. But like, I think it's really hard to replicate what the Patriots did against the Buffalo Bills. But like this feels like the perfect game for the Saints to just be like, screw it. We are just running the football all day. So you're getting Alvin Kamara into your lineup without question. I still think you can start Taysom Hill because I think he's going to still run the ball. That that finger injury is worrisome for his passing ability. Like Russell Wilson couldn't take snaps under center when he came back and Taysom Hill is just going to play through it. But uh, you, you still, I think, can put both those guys into your lineup. I, I don't trust any of their pass catchers, but Alvin Kamara is an absolutely A-plus start this week. We do have to talk about the Carolina Panthers coming off of a bye. No Christian McCaffrey, but they have a favorable matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Do you trust Cam Newton in your fantasy lineup with a playoff berth potentially on the line? Coming off of that game, which was just one of the worst quarterbacking performances that maybe we've ever seen, can you put Cam Newton into your lineup just because of the rushing ability and the favorable matchup against the Falcons? Yes. Yes. I 100% am. This is like the matchup uh, that you would like desperately want for your fantasy quarterback uh, as you are rolling into the playoffs or looking to clinch that final spot. When I'm trying to make these decisions for my fantasy rosters, my question is, what is the upside? The upside for Cam Newton is top five quarterback performance. Um, like we've seen some really wacky performances this season from quarterbacks. There is no safe, such thing as a safe quarterback for your fantasy leagues this year. Even Patrick Mahomes has been disappointing for fantasy. I'm rolling with the upside here. And I think this is the this is the one time where you you have to throw some Jameis Winston YOLOs, and that's what I'm doing in my lineups this week. I agree. I mean, the upside is like what Cam gets like 
two, three rushing touchdowns from like inside the five. Um, he's been running those plays for forever. So just because Joe Brady switched uh, or, or is out as offensive coordinator and Jeff Nixon's now in, um, I, I don't think that's going to change anything, especially like the offensive coordinator now was the running backs coach um, for Matt Rule, not only at Carolina, but at Baylor too. You figure that guy wants to like hashtag establish it and they don't have that much going on other than, you know, Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. So um, that'll, that, 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 would be interesting. Um, the fact that CMC is going to be out really puts them into a position where, like, you can't trust really anyone in the backfield other than Cam to like p- push it in from like the one yard line. So I-, I would guess that Cam, the upside is legitimate there. If you're asking me if it's going to be, he- he's going to have a good football game, I would say no. But the upside of him just getting those rushing touchdowns with the way fantasy football scored I, I think that's the huge benefit there and that's the thing about fantasy though it doesn't have to be pretty right. uh, those points from Najee Harris weren't always pretty last night but he's gonna finish probably as a top five running back this week um and there's not much you can do about it I think that's kind of what we're gonna see this week fantasy production is not always synonymous to NFL quarterback production and quality quarterback production we always have to different differentiate but Cam Newton is probably the best example of that at this point in his career. Yeah, we see it on a weekly basis with the quarterbacks that have the rushing upside. And you know, Taysom Hill coming off of a four-interception game, but he still rushed for over 100 yards, was still like a, a top-10 fantasy quarterback finish because those guys just have more upside like that. And Cam, at this point in his career, I think we've seen that He's just not a good passer anymore, and it's going to be ugly, and you can't rely on that. So it it hurts the fantasy prospects of guys like DJ Moore, but I think you still got to plug him in because of the favorable matchup. And and Chuba Hubbard is going to go into my lineup. I don't know how I feel about Amir Abdullah, who's been getting a little bit more of the passing game, like kind of Christian McCaffrey receiving work. But in this situation, in this week, I I can't – I, I can't just consciously put Amir Abdullah into my lineup. So you just said Amir Abdullah and Christian McCaffrey in the same sentence. Get off this podcast. You're out. <laughs> I mean, the Panthers are the ones that are using him that way. I I didn't even know Amir Abdullah was still in the league. Amir Abdullah is like 28 years old. I was shocked. And he's got he's got a role in this offense, but I'm not putting him into my fantasy lineups with a playoff berth on the line. So Cam Newton. DJ Moore, that, that's about it for me in, in this one. Uh, we do have a fantastic football game, or what we hope to be a fantastic football game, between the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've been talking a lot on the SB Nation NFL show how it seems like things are really falling into place for the Buccaneers to make another run, and you're you're finding it harder and harder to explain why they aren't just the best team in football and their defense is going to get healthy. You would assume at some point and their offense seems like it's totally unstoppable. And then they get the Buffalo bills who got just dominated by the Patriots in a weird weather game with high winds and bill Belichick just flexed and said, I'm not going to throw the football. I am just going to beat you guys to death with my running backs. So this is a big prove it game for the Bills. Like they've been kind of on that fringe all season in the AFC where like 
are they the best team? Are they actually even good? Like they've had a really easy schedule and their offense is kind of taking a step back. Like this is a big, big prove it game for the bills offense. And I'm willing to deploy there. Of course you're putting Josh Allen in. of course you're putting Stefan Diggs in, but I, I think like even Cole Beasley's got an opportunity in this game. Dawson Knox has got an opportunity in this game because the Bucks defense is still struggling a, a bit and you've still been able to put up points. And if their offense is going to do anything, I feel like they've got to show up this week, especially after that performance against the New England Patriots. Well, I think this is like the perfect example of uh, how you need to exploit this this matchup, right? Against the Bucks secondary, this is the opportunity for the Bucks to really take advantage of that. They don't have a run game to begin with. Um, they, they, of course, need to... I think run the ball a little bit more with Josh Allen because I, I was a little disappointed to see his involvement last week because um, he's really the the centerpiece of that entire run game. Run the ball with Josh Allen, but then exploit that secondary here. And I think uh, they could be in a, a fun spot. And this is, you know, a really interesting fantasy matchup because uh, the one thing that the Bucks are the best at is the thing that the Bills are the worst at. And uh, you know we love air yards. We all love air yards. We love the fantasy scoring. The potential is huge. And, I mean, Dawson Knox is a top five tight end this season. Top five. I said That's it. crazy. He's literally a top five tight end. And we're just not talking about that. He's outscored uh, studs like Noah Fant. Like, Dawson Knox is a weekly start, by the way. Just throwing that out there. This is going to be an interesting game because it'll see it'll be interesting to see how the Bills respond, right? I mean, they decided, hey, it's you know we're we're in a wind tunnel. We're still going to throw the dang we're going to throw the dang ball, right? And now they're going to go against the Bucks, who can run at least as well in in terms of like efficiency. They they can run as well as the New England Patriots. Plus, they have skill positions that they have to cover. Um, you you figure the Bills would want to say like early and often we have to get on the scoreboard. Like we have to score in the first two possessions to even keep up in, in kind of like a shootout because the bucks can shoot out while they're still in like 21 personnel and 12 personnel, you know, with all those tight ends and, and the guys in the backfield and Leonard Fournette running power, you know, down your throat, those safeties that, that the bills had that were like very bad about being asked, like, is it embarrassing, you know, losing a game to a quarterback who has three pass attempts, Leonard Fournette, like, hey, diddle diddle, coming up the middle. Like, it is what it is, man. It's, that's who this team is. Um, we're going to find th- – these are kind of big gut check games, I think, for the Buffalo Bills. We've been talking about how, you know, they've kind of been a soft team in terms of, like, not being able to handle the run game as well as you'd think and not not being able to run well, um, period, you know, throughout the season. They need to prove something to, like, get a spark into the playoffs. And – they might be even be in a position at this point where they might be fighting for their playoff lives a little. Um, the way that AFC was working out where that that big old cluster behind, you know, New England and Kansas City is now just a, a mass that includes like the Miami Dolphins are like the 10 seed and like they still have a chance to get in. Like there's plenty of teams that are just chomping at the bit for for the Buffalo Bills to slip up and open up another playoff opportunity for another team. By the way, I wanted to issue a clarification here. Dawson Knox is a top five tight end in standard leagues, standard scoring. So non PPR, 
Uh, he's actually the tight end eight in half PPR, but just wanted to issue that, that statement uh, just because I know not a lot of people still play in standard leagues. So, uh, but still Dawson Knox, baby, come on. Yeah. E- either way, he should be in your lineup on a weekly basis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a huge game for the bills and they could answer a lot of questions if, if they show up and play well and actually like win this football game. I I'm having a hard time buying into it just because of the way that they've performed and the inconsistencies that they've had this season. And the bucks just look really, really good right now, but it's going to be a fun game for uh, our, our fantasy purposes. And you know, with two MVP candidates, potentially in Josh Allen and Tom Brady, that leads us to our first NFL reacts poll of the day, which player is the MVP through this point of the season. Kyler Murray leading the way with 26% of the vote. Jonathan Taylor, 25%. Tom Brady also with 25% of the vote. Aaron Rodgers with 14%. Cooper Cup with 8%. And Josh Allen with 2%. I I feel like this is right. I think Kyler Murray missed time, but when he's been on the field, he's just been exceptional this season. I'm happy to see Jonathan Taylor getting love because – This is the one season, I think, where there is the best case that it should not be a quarterback this year. And Jonathan Taylor has been absolutely insane for the Colts, like might get the Colts into the playoffs because he's been so exceptional. So I'm just happy to see Jonathan Taylor get some love. Yeah, this is a a nice show of respect. I mean, like kudos to the Colts and kudos to Jonathan Taylor because they got off to an 0-3 start. They're now sitting at 7-6. and Um, and they they are in a really good spot. They're uh, coming off a bye uh, this next week, or they are on a bye this week, but they'll be coming off a bye next week. Um, you'll get some fresh legs for Jonathan Taylor, your leading rusher. It's actually him for me because I like. There's no way in my mind that this team is seven and six if it's not for Jonathan Taylor. Um, Kyler Murray, like a- absolutely, he is the centerpiece of that team, but. He's also got a lot of playmakers around him to help him out there. Jonathan Taylor is, I think, making all aspects of this offense possible by establishing the run so strongly. Um, it, it helps out your quarterback. It helps out your wide receivers. It helps out literally every aspect of this offense. And he's keeping them in this. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. Um, he's like plus 1,600 uh, to, win, to win the MVP, which is like, I'm trying to do like the math in my head. That's something like six, seven percent uh, chance to win the MVP. Um, I, I wonder if he actually does have a chance because we're going to construct narratives, you know, the last month of the season around these quarterbacks and, and what that race means. The Kyler thing, I think Kyler legitimately has a chance to win the MVP this season. I think the voters won. They're not going to want to vote for Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, between like all this stuff that he's had to deal with this year. And he even talked about uh, with McAfee a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was like McAfee was like, you realize you're never going to win an MVP before <laughs> again. Right. And Rogers was like, I, I think that's a legitimate statement. So it seems like there's some awareness at least there. Um, the Kyler thing is interesting to me because the way that this question is phrased is right now. Kyler's missed like three games. He hasn't played in like a month. Um, I don't know if you could give the MVP to a guy who like missed a month before this last game. So I don't know. I, I, w- I wouldn't have voted uh, Kyler this second, but I think the names are right. Right. Um, I think it's, I think it's Taylor. I think it's Murray. I think it's 
Tom Brady. I think it's Aaron Rodgers, but like I don't even the discourse. The discourse will be a lot in that situation. The other guy that I would throw in is Dak. Um, I think Dak's had a great season. Uh, I definitely have him. I definitely give Dak a vote way before Josh Allen at this point. And isn't that crazy though? Like, um, I I think it's so fascinating because I think you have to put. Josh Allen in this conversation every time you have it, just because he's a phenomenal football player, but this hasn't been a great football team. Josh Allen has not been uh, flawless by any stretch of the imagination. But if I told you in the preseason that NFL reacts would be putting a 2% vote on Josh Allen to win the MVP, would that not shock you? Like just so crazy. This has been such a weird season. Bills fans would be in the mentions. It'd just be Bills Mafia just (laughs) spamming you. Yeah, I I do think that like Jonathan Taylor's season that he's put together is remarkable. And and if the Colts get into the playoffs because of him, I think he should have a real chance at it because it's like reminiscent of that Adrian Peterson season. I do think that people are going to be like, well, if Derrick Henry didn't get hurt, like Derrick Henry would have been the number one running back, not Jonathan Taylor, which like, I guess you can speculate that, but the run that he is on is okay. Absolutely- but he got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. But like the run, Jonathan. Taylor- thing? If ifs and nuts were candies and butts, or ifs and butts were candies and uh, whatever that saying is, it applies right here. Yes, absolutely. Jonathan Taylor, give give him the MVP. I- I'm going to vote for him if I can. I don't think I can, but I'm going to vote for him for MVP if I get a vote. Uh, Russell Wilson looked better last week. He gets the lowly Houston Texans this week. I think you got to put Russell Wilson into your lineup after he finally had a bounce back game. And are we buying into DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett this week against the lowly Texans? Tyler Lockett is actually the start here for me. Um, just based on, uh, the, the inconsistencies here for DK Metcalf, but, Um, Since Russell Wilson returned outside of that one first game returning where just all H broke loose and, uh, you know, the the pit fires of H-E double hockey sticks uh, froze over with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson going head to head. um, Lockett has been very serviceable for fantasy. He's been uh, getting the target share. He's been converting those targets, even uh, though it's at a lower rate than he typically does with Russell Wilson. Um, He's still scoring a lot of fantasy points, but uh, I would feel at this point in my season, much more comfortable starting Tyler Lockett uh, as, you know, my wide receiver too, uh, than I would DK Metcalf just due to the inconsistencies. I, I think Tyler Lockett just with his performance, he's been the wide receiver 12 over the last three weeks. It's really hard not to uh, be, very happy with his performance. I, I think Russ is healthy now, or relatively healthy. I mean, based off of what we saw last week, I think the two quarterbacks who really stepped up in terms of like uh, I- I- injury, you know, visibly looking like they're not battling through it on the field anymore this past weekend were Russ and Matthew Stafford. Um, I also think Stafford looked healthy, which is, you know, completely independent of them playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like he's not missing, you know, just layout passes and stuff. So I think both of those guys are back. Um, I feel like you would have to be confident in these wide receivers in this matchup. Russ has to be looking at that Texans team like lunch, right? Like, Hey, let's change the narrative a little bit going into next season. 
Over the last three weeks, Tyler Lockett ranks third in receiving yards, second in yards per reception, seventh in yards per route run, third in average depth of target. Yes, Tyler Lockett. But the more intriguing question, Stephen, is DK Metcalf. Are you trusting DK Metcalf? I guess. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) It's been bad. It's been a bad year for DK Metcalf, and it's really disappointing for a player who's as talented as he is. But in this matchup, and especially now that we know the Texans are rolling with Davis Mills for the rest of the season, I I think you just got to deploy your Seahawks and assume this is going to be a blowout win for Seattle with Russell being back. And Hopefully he finally connects with DK. Like if you're to this point and you're still in playoff contention, you've probably been plugging DK into your lineup each and every week. I, I would imagine in most cases. So and he's probably been hurting you in most cases. Uh, but rest of season through your fantasy playoffs, if you had to commit to one, would it be Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? Oh, it'd be Lockett for sure. Okay. Has to be, has to yeah. be, right? Yeah, it would be Lockett for sure. But if you got DK Metcalf, I think you still got to play him this week. Pop uh, Lockett, drop it, baby. Uh, yeah. I'm all about the Lockett. We don't really need to spend any time on the Houston Texans and nope. uh, the Davis Mills led offense. But let's take a quick timeout. Uh, when we get back, we're going to discuss Patrick Mahomes. And he's been hurting your team a lot more than he's been helping your team lately. Can you trust him this week against the Las Vegas Raiders? That's coming up next on NFL Reacts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kate Majuk of DK Nation. Patrick Mahomes was pretty much the consensus like quarterback one coming into the season. Now we did not foresee that the chiefs defense would be the worst defense in football to start the year and then have this massive turnaround halfway through the season to where they're playing like a top 10 defense and the chiefs offense would turn the football over at a historic rate early in the season. And then halfway through the season, they'd stop being able to score points and, and, be consistent and 
it's really hurt Patrick Mahomes as a fantasy quarterback. Luckily, he does get the Las Vegas Raiders, who he dropped 41 points on a couple of weeks ago and had five touchdowns. If you've been plugging Patrick Mahomes into your lineup on a weekly basis, he's been hurting you a lot more often than he's been helping you. But I think you still got to play him. Like if you were considering benching him at any point, you probably should have already done it in anticipation of starting him for this football game. He's still Patrick Mahomes and it's still the Raiders. And I don't have any confidence in the Las Vegas Raiders right now. Patrick Mahomes has a home in my fantasy lineups. He's just one of these guys that, uh, yes, he's he's not been performing as consistently as you'd like, but I do like the matchup this week, and I think it's just really hard to find that kind of upside. Uh, like when I'm when I'm in my fantasy playoffs, I'm shooting for the moon here, and there's no better person to do that with than Patrick Mahomes because he is uh, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the. Yeah, I think Mahomes, especially in this matchup, you definitely want to play him. Um, the Raiders are playing that like old school style, like I guess it's old school now, like the Seahawks style defense um, under Gus Bradley. And I think the book is kind of out there and teams are no longer worried about that pass rushing duo that they have. And they're just able to dot some of these guys. I mean, don't lose sight of a lot of things have happened uh, with the Raiders this season in season. Don't lose don't lose sight of the fact that like they have to cut a first round pick corner um, in season. I know, I know that gets overlooked a little bit in terms of the Henry Rugg stuff and John Gruden stuff. So I I think this is just kind of a per- perfect matchup. Um, we saw it last last time around. Gus Bradley doesn't adjust. That's Gus Bradley plays the defense that you hired Gus Bradley to play. Um, so Mahomes is going to get you know pretty uh, I guess like predictable looks, um, familiar looks. Looks that he's very comfortable in. I'd expect the Chiefs to to roll away in this game. Yeah, it's you know all the questions that I've been getting this week about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey coming off of a bad football game. Obviously, you're putting those guys into your lineup. And I think the Chiefs are going to be able to score points in this game because of just where the Raiders are at right now. Like Jonathan Abram is going to be in coverage a lot. And we saw what Daryl Williams did to him in the end zone in that last matchup. So deploy your Chiefs. I don't think you should be worried about him this week. You know, move, moving forward, maybe there's some more question marks there that you haven't had in the past, but you should absolutely deploy the Kansas City Chiefs into your fantasy lineups this week. Uh, Joe Mixon, who has been absolutely fantastic for your fantasy lineups over the last several weeks is a legitimate game time decision this week for the Cincinnati Bengals against the San Francisco 49ers and the 49ers have a bunch of running back question marks this week. Elijah Mitchell is got a knee thing. I think is what Kyle Shanahan said. He's also in the concussion protocol. Uh, Jeff Wilson has been kind of banged up at practice, but I think he returned to practice yesterday, so he might be active. If not, it might be Jermichael Hasty. It's kind of a mess in the backfield in this one, but it's got an opportunity to be a high-scoring fantasy contest, so I'm curious how you guys are trying to approach these backfields. I mean, you approach the 49ers backfield uh, always with caution, but with optimism, and I think that's what you have to do this week. Um, it doesn't sound like Elijah Mitchell is going to be ready because, uh, like you said, he's got a knee injury on top of uh, what he's already managing, a, uh, a concussion protocol, got a midweek MRI, which I feel like I never 
anytime I hear an, an MRI uh, on like Wednesday or Thursday, I'm like, eh, I don't, you don't love that. Cause it's not, it's not immediately right after that game action, uh, not trusting that. But I mean, it, like think about the current landscape, thinking of the current injuries, thinking of the fact that you have Jonathan Taylor on a bye this week. Uh, and it might be the first week of your fantasy playoffs. I think there are going to be some teams in a position that they're going to need to start the, some of these assets. Um, but out of all these 49ers, I'm going to trust you, Michael Hasty, the most. And I'm going to talk about that a little later. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't expect anything too high scoring from San Francisco this week, especially if. Debo Samuel is going to be out, right? He didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, he is he is like the life that the San Francisco 49ers kind of needed down the stretch. So if he can't play, th- there just simply isn't a guy who can replace kind of like Debo. And, and what does that mean for the rest of the offense, you know? Yeah, and, and George Kittle is coming off of that monster game, but it was still in a losing effort. Uh, it's, it's worrisome for Joe Mixon, who's been an absolute stud in your lineup, but you got to just kind of wait it out. I guess you can go add some Ajay P Ryan in case he, he winds up not going in this game, but you have to hope that he's available. I, I still think that in this contest, you're playing T Higgins, you're playing Jamar chase, e- even though he struggled a little bit recently, if he didn't drop that or bobble that what what would have been a touchdown pass last week, we'd be talking about Jamar Chase very differently this week. So you're still deploying all of those guys into your fantasy lineup and just hoping for the best with Joe Mixon. That leads us to our next NFL Reacts poll, which team will lock up the number one seed in the AFC? Patriots lead the way at 55%, the Chiefs at 28%, the Titans at 6%, Ravens at 4%, Bills at 3%, Chargers at 2% and the Bengals at 1%. I don't really have any gripes or issues with this poll. I I think that's kind of what it is right now. The Chiefs could come on strong. I think they really, they have to win out to have any chance at it. And they need the Patriots to stumble. And the way the Patriots are playing right now, I I don't know if that's for sure going to happen. Well, I think it's just so hard. You can't discount the Patriots right now after what they did to the Bills, who, um, you know, as you mentioned, are also on this list uh, and still got 3% of the vote to lock up the number one seed. What they were able to do to this uh, Bills offense that we know is just such a powerhouse. Um, defensively, they they did everything that they need to. The run game, uh, the Bills knew all they were going to do is run and they couldn't stop a single thing, despite the fact that the Bills have actually been a pretty solid defense as a whole, pretty solid rushing defense as a whole it's really hard to argue that the Patriots aren't playing just some of the cleanest football in all phases of the game right now. Yeah, and I'm looking at 538 right now. I, this is kind of like surprising at this point in the season. The Patriots at nine and four have a 45% chance of getting that first round by um, getting that, that, that one seed, you know, in the league, which is the highest out of any team in either conference. So the Patriots have a higher chance of getting the one seed at nine and four, than the Cardinals who are 10 and two. That's kind of nuts. Th- this league is what a mess, especially, you know, the AFC. Um, the one thing I will say, uh, the Titans, they probably have a better chance than uh, the voters are giving them in terms of getting the one seed. Um, they have that inside lane. They have a lot of head to head wins. Um, they're not a great team, but we already mentioned they get Jacksonville this week. Uh, the week after that, it's Pittsburgh. 
after that, it's San Francisco, in, who's a borderline playoff team. You'd think they'd at, at least be competitive in that game. So I don't know. The Titans probably have a little bit better chance than people are giving them. But I do think, you know, the one, two, three of New England, Kansas City, Tennessee is probably right. Yeah, it's going to be really tough for the Chiefs when all four of their losses on the season are against current AFC playoff teams. Like they they dug themselves in that hole early in the season. It's going to be tough to climb out of it. They've obviously got a chance, but I, I do agree with that. I think we should be giving the Titans a little bit more credit there. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have been really struggling offensively lately, and they're dealing with a ton of injuries. They get the Browns defense this week coming off of a bye. Lamar Jackson threw four picks against them just a couple of weeks ago. I'm worried about the Ravens and I'm worried about Lamar Jackson. And now they've lost Marlon Humphrey in their secondary for the season. Like I'm legitimately worried. I still think they're good enough to win football games, like get into the playoffs. But as far as fantasy goes, I I think you got to be really worried about Lamar Jackson and the way this offense has been struggling lately. You have to be super concerned um, and the just the overall vibe around the Ravens. Like I, I will say I had some concerns about this team early on in the season just because of the way that they were coming out and winning football games. Always felt like they got off to a very, very slow start offensively. Then they kicked it up like third, fourth quarter. They were finally able to get things going. Usually that's not a very good sign. Um, if, if you can pick it up and bring it back. Once teams start playing prevent defense, uh, you know, maybe you can strategize enough to execute some plays and get down the field, score some points. But, uh, you know, a win's a win, but it's not been a pretty uh, course for the Ravens, even if uh, they're going to probably uh, still lock up the AFC North would be my prediction. But I have to imagine that they're a one and done in this playoffs unless they can start cleaning up some things. Yeah, I mean, this was a team that tried to trade for Xavier Howard at one point, right? Um, they they know that they had quarter, cornerback issues, and now that Humphrey's down, they can't cover anyone. I mean, Tua was basically thrown on air. He was having his longest, you know, A-dot passes of his career against Baltimore on that Thursday night game off of RPOs, coming off the bench, if you guys remember that. This whole uh, Tua run was sparked with him coming off of the bench. Um Baltimore is just no good at covering people. You have to cover people in the NFL. Lamar doesn't look right um, for whatever reason, which is odd because he's, you know, he's come back from COVID twice. He was looking good when he came back from COVID the second time. Um, Still looks dynamic, but he's like regressed as a passer in season. And that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, At one point I thought, you know, he, he was looking probably, more accurate than he ever has uh, in the in, in his NFL career. And that has since, you know, slipped down, you know, another peg or two. So kind of disappointing um, from this because I thought, you know, Lamar probably, what, last month he would have been in the MVP conversation. And now he's just nowhere to be found. Yeah, I think a month ago he was my MVP. <laughs> like, because I don't think the Ravens are a very good football team this season. I think without Lamar they would be one of the worst teams in football. And with his struggles, it, it's really hard to have confidence in the Ravens in general right now. Uh, a team that I, I think their head coach is being a little too overly confident. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Washington football team. 
Mike McCarthy returned. Uh, he was he was on the COVID list, like a lot of Dallas Cowboys players were, as they've been battling that over the last couple of weeks, and returned for whatever reason to guarantee a win against the Washington football team. And that made Ron Rivera come out and be like, oh, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. So, so the Dallas Cowboys now, Ezekiel Elliott, clearly not healthy, not looking good. And Tony Pollard is banged up now and could be questionable for this football game. I mean, you're still starting your Dallas Cowboys. I don't have any questions uh, about those guys, but I don't love Mike McCarthy's overconfidence headed into this football game. And now I feel like it's shaping up to be a letdown for the Cowboys. Yeah. You never want to be too confident. Uh, Don't give your opposition ammo coming into this game because I totally believe in that energy. That is a real thing that you need to worry about if you're creating, um, you know, some of that animosity between your teams like that can actually be um, a a pretty big problem, especially for a team who's uh, actually been able to rally a bit like this is a team that just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Um, and and they are a uh, not a great defense, but like Taylor Heineke keeps just sort of putting these games together. They've got uh, Antonio Gibson, one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. They keep putting things together. So the overconfidence, especially for a, a team that I feel like hasn't had that super clutch factor this year. Not loving that, Mike. Uh, can't do that, Mike. No. Mike, why are you treating this like the Super Bowl? Mike, settle down. Please. Please, Mike. Yes. <laughs> just got off the COVID list and he was juiced. <laughs> like. <laughs> Just came back into the building and said, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Just got that antibody infusion and he's like, he's got all the the testosterone in the world. Uh, Yeah. Just don't be, don't be overconfident. Don't fuel the fire of a team that's uh, playing pretty decent football. Just don't do that. Don't do it. He was like Ben McAdoo got an interim head coaching win. I I need to reestablish this team. In 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 uh, my vision, this is my identity. Here gotta we go. Got to make sure there's no questioning who who the top dog is. Bulletin here. board, Mike McCarthy, as we've all said. That that leads us to our next NFL reacts poll: Which team will lock up the number one seed in the NFC? Cardinals at sixty percent, Packers at twenty five percent, Bucks at twelve percent, Rams at two percent, Washington football team at 0.83 percent, and those Dallas Cowboys at 062 percent. That really, is just, crazy. I just wanted to talk about this poll because the Washington football team being ahead of the Dallas Cowboys is just hilarious and disrespectful. Nobody tell Mike McCarthy because he will never listen to this podcast again. Obviously, we're on his weekly rotation. Um, but uh, holy crap. I, I think like we got it right. Uh, most of the way here, Cardinals Packers at 25% and the bucks trailing at 12. I think the gap between the Packers and the bucks is probably what surprises me the most here, but far and away it's the Cardinals. But yes, the fact that like, I have to wonder if Washington, uh, just maybe had a few more team, uh, team supporters take our NFL reacts polls this week. Cause Come on. The I the Cardinals are gonna win the one seed unless they drop this they drop a game to the Rams. Like that's really what it comes down to. It's can the Rams beat the Cardinals and the Packers win out? Then the Packers have a head to head win against the Arizona Cardinals if it, in a tiebreaker scenario and they get in. Outside of that, 
I think it's just the Cardinals, honestly. Um, that that team is just rolling. They've been able to win with Colt McCoy. Um, they've been able to win without Kyler Murray kind of looking at full health at this point. They just have so many skill guys on defense. They have team speed across the board. They're in a good position to get the one seed. I don't know if they're going to win the NFC once it comes playoff time. I still think the Packers and Bucks are better teams. But as long as they can get past the Rams, I, I don't even think it's a question. Yeah, it's. I think it's the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are the number one seed, and it's theirs to lose at this point in, in the season. The Los Angeles Chargers have a matchup against the New York Giants this weekend, and it looks like it should be a, a great game for you to deploy Justin Hubert and all the uh, Herbert and all of these offensive weapons. Hubie. But Keenan Allen was placed on the COVID list this week. Mike Williams also placed on the COVID list this week. We don't know their status just yet. There's still a chance that both of them could be available. But if both these guys are out on Sunday, does it downgrade Justin Herbert for you in a crucial fantasy week? Um, It it does downgrade him a little bit, especially with the fact that he has not been the most consistent fantasy quarterback uh, we've seen some peaks and valleys here with Justin Herbert now I want to call him Justin Hubie um, but I do have one petition to make I like I don't want to trust Herbert in my lineup this week if I have some better options like at this point in the season uh, with the current matchups on board in the situation at wide receiver I would I'd probably play Taysom Hill over Justin Herbert any any agreements there I worry about QB1. QB1 would worry me with uh, Jalen Guyton, Andre Roberts, and Josh Palmer out there at wide receiver. And those are the only three wideouts that they have right now. I know they'll call up practice squad guys um, if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out, but they're only rostering five dudes. Um, okay, I have it- a petition, though. Next week, if we get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, we have to install a new nickname for Justin Herbert, and that would be QB Fully Loaded. Hubie fully it kind of like no no nobody come on i mean well if he has a monster game even without those dudes i think we can we can do that okay but it's hubie from here on out okay that's fine i'll start calling him that it's a total <laughs> accident i've never called him that in my life i don't know why that came out of my mouth but but it kind of it like it stuck and it sounded right so i'm i'm rolling with this rest of the season that's better yeah. than uh i heard one person do the uh a bear just an a bear when when uh yeah. he was at oregon and i was like whoa came out of nowhere yeah i've i've heard him called air bear a lot um, justin Herbert. but hugh b1 i like it i like it let's let's roll with it it's uh it's that time of the week we do this each and every week to get you prepared for your daily lineups it's pick three one, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. 
We are trying to get you set up in your DraftKings lineups. We do this each and every week. We pick one quarterback, one wide receiver, and one running back that we think provides the most value to your lineup so you can get some of the more premium guys in. And then Justice will give you his three favorite bets of the week. Kate, your pick three quarterback. First of all, I'd like to issue a formal apology to anybody that might have put Tyrod Taylor into their uh, their lineups last week. I thought he was a great salary relief option. It immediately became clear uh, to me and all of the Texans coaching staff that that was not the case. Sorry about that, but I'm back with another good one. Another juicy matchup. Cam Newton, $5,400 this week against the Atlanta Falcons. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Six, game of, six games of 25 fantasy points two opposing running backs. That's the most of any defense in the NFL five outings where they've allowed at least three touchdowns. Um, and that came from Jalen hurts, Tom Brady, twice Tua, and Taylor Heineke. Um, Cam Newton's had a rushing touchdown each of his three games so far this season. I really like him in this matchup and I really like the cost $5,400 for a guy that does have top five upside. That's really hard to beat. Yeah, big bounce back game for Cam Newton incoming. My pick three quarterback is Taysom Hill. We already talked about it. It's a fantastic matchup against the New York Jets. He's only $5,600, and he's dealing with that finger injury, which makes me a little worried about him as a passer. But to be honest, I don't have much confidence in Taysom Hill as a passer in general, whether he's healthy or not. So it's all about the rushing floor. Coming off the game over 100 rushing yards, he's got Alvin Kamara back. I think the Saints are just going to run a ton in this game. We know you can run all over the New York Jets. I think he's provides plenty of safe fantasy upside in your lineup this week. Your pick three running back, Kate. I'm going with Jermichael Hasty. He's only $4,000 this week, which really surprises me just considering the fact that all of these running backs are super banged up in San Francisco. The 49ers rank six in rushing yards. Uh, sorry, six in rushing touchdowns, ninth in rushing yards, eighth in rushing attempts. And that's been throughout this whole carousel of running backs. Uh, obviously, Elijah Mitchell is the guy you want in the lineup, but Kyle Shanahan doesn't sound optimistic about that. The nice thing about these 49ers running backs is that the system Kyle Shanahan has in place, you don't need a ton of touches. You don't need a ton of volume. Uh, you just need a couple of big plays, which he has designed this offense to do. I think Jamichael Hasty might be able to break off uh, one or two big runs, and he's automatically worth your bottom dollar cost of $4,000, which, by the way, Darius Geis, also $4,000 this week. Don't even, is he even on an NFL roster? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, believe so. I don't think so. Yeah. So go with Jamichael Hasty, please. My pick three running back is Deontay Foreman. He's only $5,100. The Titans get the Jags this week. They're coming off of a bye. It feels like it was forever ago, but he had over 100 rushing yards in his last game, and he's the closest thing the Titans can do in their backfield to try to replicate what Derrick Henry brings to the table. He's obviously not Derrick Henry, but it's a favorable matchup. Tennessee's rested off the bye. I think Deontay Foreman's a guy you absolutely got to get into your lineup. Your pick three wide receiver. Going with Darnell Mooney, who's sitting at $5,700 this week. Since week eight, Mooney is the wide receiver 14 and half PPR formats, getting nearly a 28% target share, averaging 75 receiving yards per game. He's done all of that. He is still the wide receiver 14, and he's just seen one red zone target. That's pretty 
freaking incredible. I love the opportunity. I love the scoring. I think this is just too uh, too cheap not to get this guy in as a fringe uh, high upside wide receiver too. My pick three wide receiver is Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think it's a little crazy that he's only $3,900 this week. We talked about that matchup with the Ravens. They've had secondary issues all season, and now they lost Marlon Humphrey, who's their absolute best cornerback. Donovan Peoples-Jones, while he's been inconsistent, has been a guy who's getting a lot of routes since they traded Odell Beckham. I think he's got an opportunity to have one of those games where he breaks off a long touchdown or something like that. At $3,900, I think he's an incredible value in your lineup uh, against this Ravens. Your pick three bets of the week, Justice. Uh, I'm going to start this off. Uh, Baltimore plus three at Cleveland. Feel like feel like we forgot about uh, Baker Mayfield playing through like every injury possible and just not looking right for the past month. Uh, they they had an off week, so it was like, oh, we just have to buy. Yeah, just forget about it completely. Um, Stafford coming off the buy is when we got all the news about like, hey, he had 50 injuries, by the way. Um, Baltimore obviously didn't have a good game against the Steelers. I feel like we've already seen the overreaction um, on the opposite side, right? Where everyone's like, wow, huge win for the Steelers. And then they lay an egg for three quarters against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think that that game is kind of indicative of future performance. I'm taking Baltimore here. I think they have the better quarterback. I understand they can't cover anyone. I don't think Baker looks right. And until he looks right, I'm, I'm willing to kind of fade him, especially if Baltimore's a three-point uh, road dog. The next game, Dallas minus four and a half at Washington. Mike McCarthy really just put everything on the table. They got to win this game. Um, Washington, I still don't think is a good football team. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. There's a huge talent gap here. I don't know what Washington does better than Dallas. I think we got Dallas has a better offensive line. They have better skill players. They have a better quarterback, and they probably have a better defense. So I don't understand how Washington comes out of this game with a win. I'm willing to take Dallas minus four and a half and just hope that they cover that. Um, last game, San Francisco at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a two-point uh, home dog. That is weird. Uh, if I, I look at this game and I'm like, this is like close to a pick em if if both teams are healthy. Because you never know what San Francisco team you're going to get each week or what Cincinnati team you're going to get. But the fact that Mitchell uh, could very well miss this game and Debo Samuel could very well miss this game tips me to to the Bengals' favor just because of how much those guys mean uh, for the San Francisco 49ers just in terms of being able to get the ball out of uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's hand very quickly. Um, I'm not so worried about Joe Burrow's finger. I understand Joe Mixon is kind of like a game-time decision. Mixon seems like the type of guy where it's like if he's going to play, he's going to get the entire uh, you know workload. So I'm willing to take Cincinnati and with kind of these injury questions up in the air. That's our pick three brought to you by DraftKings. Thank you guys so much for listening to NFL Reacts each and every week. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We do need to ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show, especially NFL Reacts. And don't forget, we're in the five-star business here. Go get into your fantasy playoffs. Go clinch those playoff spots. Go win some matchups. Good luck. We'll talk to you guys next week.